Those of you who have been members for a while of Northside know what's going on today and are looking forward to it expectantly. But there are two groups that might need a little explanation, so let me just introduce what we're doing today. Uh, first of all, there are some visitors with us that uh, as you listen a little bit, you'll find out we're asking for money today. And some of you might be tempted to think, as uh, one of those churches, uh, every time you go, they're after money. Well, that's not normal here. Two, two times a year we devote a Sunday to uh, discussing finances, the one for our TV ministry and one for missions Sunday. And today we're going to learn about one thing we do here at Northside, uh, one thing that we love doing, supporting some missionaries. Uh, come back any other Sunday, you visitors, and we'll study the Bible together and try to apply it uh, to our daily lives. But today we're focusing on missions. Uh, new members who haven't been here very long, uh, since we're asking you for dollars, uh, you need a little bit of info and a little bit of history. So let me just recount a little history of missions, I guess, at Northside. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we supported missions, but it was kind of an item in the budget, and we sent money to a number of different places and did a lot of good, I'm sure, and supported existing missionaries, uh, but we weren't all involved in that, I would say. A number of people were very aware and involved in that, but not the majority, perhaps. Uh, so a few years ago, we decided that uh, we, we set a vision of being mission-minded congregation. We started talking about moving from inside to outside, uh, to paying attention to other things than just north side. Uh, we set a priority, a vision the elders set of being becoming a sending church, uh, starting self-supporting congregations in foreign lands. Uh, we wanted to have a large role in a few major missions uh, instead of supporting a whole lot of little ones. And we wanted to involve members. Uh, that was the vision, but we had to implement that vision. Uh, that was done by naming a mission oversight team that really focused on those things and how do you accomplish that mission. Uh, the method that we've chosen to kind of keep this all rolling, is Mission Sunday. And on this day, the missions oversight team explains the plan for the coming year. Uh, they've developed a plan. They've selected what, uh, of all the thousands of possibilities, uh, they've selected what they think is best for us to do. And they've presented that to the elders. They've approved it. And now it's time to present it to the congregation uh, and ask you for your support of that plan for the coming year. Uh, so the mission oversight team is in charge today, and I believe Brother Mark is their spokesman. Uh, they're going to take us around the world in 30 minutes or so. So Brother Mark, come and start the journey here. Thanks, Steve. It's hard to believe today is Northside's 7th Annual Mission Sunday. We want to thank you for your generosity that you've shown over the, the past year and actually over the past several years in supporting our missionaries and our different mission works. And, you know, I think it's going to be neat when we get to heaven. I think you are going to see some people that are up there in part because of your generosity. 
Uh, and I just want to, I thought it'd be fun to just show you a few pictures of some of those people that you might meet in heaven because of your generosity. So we're going to just go through real fast and, and see a few baptisms. Uh, uh, this is Jonathan baptizing uh, a young lady named Maria in, in a waterfall uh, pool. Steve and I got to witness this baptism and take this picture in Caracas, Venezuela. Here's Jonathan Hannigan and, and Daniel McGraw. Uh, baptizing a young man in Argentina in Buenos Aires. Uh, this next picture is one of uh, Paul Harrington baptizing Ryosuke, did I say that right, uh, in, in uh, Japan. Uh, here's brother uh, Roberto Zepeda baptizing uh, a fellow down in Toluca, Mexico. And here's Tristan baptizing Danny uh, and his his wife uh, <clears throat> his wife Jay was also baptized uh, prior to that. They are now back in China. They were students at the Falker, or sorry, the Scott Sterling uh, University, um, and they went back to China. They now have a couple of beautiful little twin babies, and uh, uh, you know we're, we're praying that they will continue uh, to be faithful Christians and find other Christians to worship with there. Uh, the next picture is one of Robin Vick baptizing Ian Scott. He was their first uh, convert there in, in uh, uh, Scotland when the mission team there uh, uh, began work. And is this thing working? And there's a picture of Ian. We'll see him a little bit better. And the last picture is a neat one, I think. Uh, World, World Christian Broadcasting has people that... Uh, can you advance that for me? I don't know why this thing... Um, world Christian Broadcasting has people all over the world that listen to what they do. And here's a young man in Cuba who heard their, uh, heard their uh, program and uh, found the Church of Christ and was baptized. So uh, I just think it's neat to see these pictures. You know, I love Mission Sunday. It, it gives us a chance to tell you something about the great things that our missionaries have been doing. Sometimes they are here in person. Last year we had some here in person. Normally, though, they come to us through the magic of video. So we're going to watch three videos in just a minute. Uh, before we see them, though, I want to give you a quick update on World Christian Broadcasting. Uh, Thirty years ago, World Christian... Whoops, we went too far there. World Christian uh, built a shortwave radio station in Alaska and began sending radio programs to half of the globe in several different languages. And we know that people are listening to these programs because every day the ministry receives requests for uh, uh, information from the Bible. They want Bibles. They want uh, religious material. Last year, their different websites received a grand total of more than six million hits from people around the globe. The new station that's being built in Madagascar is almost finished. Uh, all that remains to be done is to get approval from that country's Minister of Communications, who unfortunately is dragging his feet on the approval process because you may recall there was a coup in Madagascar and uh, this government took over and they weren't friendly to World Christian. And uh, the U.S. government and many other uh, nations around the world have been uh, imposing sanctions on Madagascar, trying to get them to allow free elections. So this government doesn't like us, and they, they don't like the U.S., and this is one way that they're showing their displeasure by not approving uh, the, the completion of this radio station that they are building. But good news from World Christian, we had a, a, 
man named Dan Dozier that came through uh, a few weeks ago and talked to some of us. And he said that um, uh, the, the government there has been pressured into holding free elections. And so, Lord willing, in July, there will be elections in Madagascar, and the current president cannot run, uh, according to these rules. So there may be a new government in place uh, later on this year, and we're praying that that government will be favorable toward Will Christian and will allow them to go ahead and uh, complete uh, the process. And all that remains to be done is to install three very huge transmitters uh, that will allow them to send their uh, broadcasts around the world. So now I want to quickly introduce to you the missionaries whose videos you're going to see. Uh, the first one is Roberto and Betty Zapata. Northside has supported the work in Toluca, Mexico for many years. Uh, Roberto uh, directs the Latin American Bible Institute there and publishes the Spanish Christian Chronicle newspaper. Now, Roberto's video does not have any audio with it. He's got captions that go along with it. Um, the English is not the greatest in those captions. So I have asked Paul uh, Harrington to sort of do a little voiceover when that video comes up so you can understand what's going on uh, w with uh, the work there in Toluca. Jonathan Hannigan is a missionary that we know pretty well. Can you advance that, please? Um, in, I tell you what, you just take over. This thing doesn't seem to be working. Um, Jonathan Hannigan, uh, we know very well because we have supported him for six years uh, here at Northside. Um, he has worked in Buenos Aires for the past couple of years. Uh, and before that, he served as a missionary in, in Caracas, Venezuela for five years. Last year, we began supporting and overseeing the work of Pedro Soto, a missionary who has worked in Buenos Aires for five years. Pedro is from Chile originally, and his parents were also missionaries in the Churches of Christ. Jonathan and Pedro both work and teach at the one-year-old Argentine Bible Institute, uh, known by the initials IBICA, IBICA. And as we announced last year, Jonathan and Pedro have decided to wrap up the work that they were doing with the Cabachito congregation, and they've done that now. And they have formed a new team that is setting out to plant a new congregation in a different part of Buenos Aires, in the Palermo neighborhood. And this is the picture of the men who will lead the team. You recognize Pedro and Jonathan. The man on the left is Jairo Diaz. And he has been working as a minister at the only other Church of Christ in Buenos Aires. There's a, so far, there, there are only two. Well, now there are three. Uh, this new one that they have planted. As you'll see in the video, the team has already had one woman come to Christ as a result of their efforts. Her name is Anna, and she's a single mother of a three-year-old girl named Alina. Anna is a professor of freshman psychology at the University of Buenos Aires. The third video that we're going to see this morning was made by the missionaries who we support on the Scotland team, who have been working to plant a church in Falkirk, Scotland, for almost three years. Robin and Chrissy Vick formed the team while they were students uh, at the Sunset in International Bible Institute. And as you know, Robin grew up in Scotland as the uh, uh, son of missionaries. He grew up in Stirling, which is about 15 minutes away from Falkirk. His dad is a Texan, and uh, when his dad was over there as a missionary, he met a young Scottish woman, and they got married. And so Robin, I guess he's full Scot, but he's also an American citizen, so 
Uh, he's, he's an interesting guy. Two months ago, Robin and Chrissy were thrilled to add a new little missionary to the team, little Millie Grace Vick. And in case you couldn't see her very well, here is a nice close-up of the wee Bonnie Lass. Last year, we also began supporting Pamela McAdams. Pamela helps organize the team's coffee shop Bible studies and does their website design. On Friday, Pamela will marry Tommy Maxwell, who graduated from Sunset in December and is working for a year as a missionary intern with the Sterling Congregation. Okay, let's go ahead and watch those videos now. An hour, an hour east of Mexico City lies Toluca, a city of over 800,000 people in need of Christ. From the beautiful city of Toluca, the brothers and sisters in Christ send their greetings. The primary work God has blessed them with is ELEB, the Latin America Institute of Biblical Studies. Today their hope is that you will better understand the work there. Through the work of the Institute, they are training new preachers and their families, as well as equipping the church members with the biblical knowledge they need to grow and better serve as followers of Jesus. They do this through a variety of means. They are using video conference technology to meet the needs of the students, even at remote sites. Their classes include special training for the women, as well as the men, to equip the whole family for God. Evangelism is at the core of their teaching, and they have classes focused on this to train the preachers and the members. They are even blessed to have teachers from other countries join them through the Internet to continue to bless their classes with their knowledge. John Dias, a missionary of many years in Toluca and one of the founders of the Toluca Church, still joins them through Skype, even though now he was living in the States. Through this technology, many more students and teachers are able to participate in their classes. Roberto Zapeda, Raul Solis, and others continue to spread the Institute through Latin and South America in the hopes that everyone will have access to quality and accurate Spanish Bible teaching. They were recently invited to come to Venezuela to help spread the Institute's program and were able to greatly encourage the brothers there. Over 350 students are now enrolled in the ELEB courses in Venezuela. From grandmothers to children, many lives are changing as people truly study God's Word. And the fruit of the work brings glory to God as His Word transforms their lives. They continue to have baptisms as people's lives are impacted by the Word. Two of their new members, Angelica and Blanca, were baptized in the last year and now continue to study the Bible through the ELEB courses. The body of Christ at Toluca continues to grow and mature thanks to the power of God at work there. They are now in the process of training and selecting their first elders and hope to have men serving in this biblical role in the next few years. The vision that God had for this church has now allowed them to grow to 300 members. This continues to be in large part to the members taking part and working in the, in the kingdom through ELEB. Roberto Zapeta and his family thank the Northside family for their continued spiritual, financial, and prayer support for them personally and for the work going on in Toluca. They ask that you continue to support the work through prayer and share with them the dream that one day all of Latin and South America will be able to experience biblical teaching that leads to life. Gracias and God bless you. Who can Trust in you, I will trust in you.
Cleansing me, refreshing me with life abundantly. River full of life, I'll go where you lead. And I will trust in you. I will trust in you, my God. There is a fountain. Who is the king? Victorious warrior. Saludos desde Buenos Aires. Es una bendición saber que contamos con ustedes como familia y también como personas que apoyan a la obra acá en Buenos Aires. La Iglesia de Cristo Redentor comenzó el 3 de marzo y hasta ahora ha continuado en el barrio de Palermo. Estamos muy agradecidos con el Señor por todo lo que está haciendo en medio de nosotros. Y la clase de Vica del Instituto Bíblico de la Iglesia de Cristo en Argentina comenzaron el 18 de marzo. Y gracias a Dios, con las dos clases que estoy enseñando, vamos muy bien. Además del trabajo con la iglesia y el trabajo con el instituto, estamos desarrollando otros proyectos para este año. Y solicitamos sus oraciones para que en todas las cosas Dios pueda obrar entre nosotros. Hola, ¿cómo están? Es un gusto saludarles, es un gusto conocerles. Eh, mi nombre es Pedro Soto, soy de nacionalidad chilena. Ustedes han escuchado de mí, pero esta, creo que esta es la primera vez que me dirijo a ustedes. Quiero agradecerles primeramente por el apoyo que nos han estado dando y específicamente por el apoyo que han, han decidido también entregarme. Es una bendición muy grande poder eh, compartir con ustedes, poder trabajar con ustedes acá en Buenos Aires. Es algo muy emocionante empezar algo nuevo, es algo muy lindo poder ver cómo la obra del Señor crece en diferentes sectores de esta ciudad inmensa. Es una bendición poder compartir con ustedes este trabajo en Buenos Aires, de poder formar un equipo, de poder ser una familia tanto ustedes como nosotros en Buenos Aires para el trabajo de la gente que necesita del Señor. Muchas gracias, el Señor les bendiga. It's hard to believe that it's been a year ago now since Pamela, Chrissy and I were with you in person. It's been an exciting year for the Falkirk Church of Christ as it's been establishing its own identity here in this city. We had the opportunity in early September to begin meeting in a community hall, especially on our Sunday night at first. We had a big transition from our homes into an established uh, meeting hall and community centre in the Hall Glen area of Falkirk. And at that time, we also began our midweek Bible study in homes throughout different areas of the city. In March of this year, we began meeting on a Sunday morning at the community hall in Hall Glen, which for the mission team that's marked a, a transition away from the work in Stirling, though we're continuing to, to remain close and we continue to partner with them in various ongoing ministries throughout the week. Out with Falkirk, uh, we have a desire for continued regional emphasis uh, with our disciple making as we continue to try and make contacts throughout central Scotland. One method of doing so is we've continued on with our coffee shop Bible study ministry. Um, we continue to meet in Glasgow and that study's um, continued to grow. We'll have as many as seven or eight studying together at a time in a coffee shop there in Glasgow. For Falkirk, I'd ask that you continue to pray for uh, Richard. He found out about the Bible study just from a simple Google search for Bible studies in Falkirk. And he's been consistently coming. Uh, and not only that, he's also been coming to our Sunday evening worship service with the Falkirk Church of Christ 
he's very interested and we have continued opportunities to to study with him. In Stirling we've recently relaunched into a different coffee shop with the Coffee Shop Bible Study and we're trying again uh, to make new contacts in the area and we're continuing to advertise at the university with the hope and prayer to impact the student population as well as continuing to advertise around the city and, and other areas also. Our Friends Speak ministry has continued to have some exciting opportunities for growth over this past year also. Specifically in Falkirk, we had a campaign in August of last year and we were able to come in contact with a family from Nigeria. So I'd ask that you continue to keep Elizabeth and her four children in your prayers. We continue to meet with them regularly and study with them. And they've been attending regularly all of our Bible studies and worship services. And we're thankful for that as they've been very committed and very faithful in their attendance. Regarding the Friendspeak ministry in Stirling, uh, many of the readers have since returned to their home countries and we've had a chance to continue contact with them as, as they've returned back to their native lands. Uh, but we're excited specifically about one of our readers, Fred, who returned to Beijing, China. And upon his return, he was able to reconnect with the Friendspeak program um, and get connected with one of the congregations, uh, one of the house churches in Beijing. So I'd ask that you continue to keep Fred in your prayers because he studied not just the Friendspeak program, but was regularly studying the gospel. One of the most exciting moments of growth is watching people you've been discipling make a decision to put on Christ in baptism. And on February 22nd of this year, we were overjoyed to welcome our brother Stephen Douglas into the body as he also made a decision to commit his life to Christ. On a personal note regarding our, our families, we're growing too. In October of 2012, Pamela became engaged to Tommy Maxwell, who graduated from Sunset last year. And Tommy has since arrived in Scotland and is assisting the work in Stirling. And Pamela and Tommy are excited about getting married in May and serving the Lord together here in Scotland. We're excited about their growth as a family and the ways God will use them as husband and wife to further the kingdom here in Scotland. And as for the Vicks, we were blessed to welcome Millie Grace Vick, our gorgeous wee lassie, into the world on February 22nd of this year. And as you can well imagine, it's meant a time of transition and change for us as a family unit, but we're loving it. And we're thankful that God continues to bless us with the precious life that he's entrusted to us. Please continue to keep us in your prayers. Um, pray for the Falkirk Church of Christ and our continued growth in the city of Falkirk and the surrounding areas. We're blessed with our partnership with you in God's mission, and we're thankful for the love, care, and support that you've given to us over this past year. We pray God's blessings for you as you continue to further the kingdom in Wichita and beyond. We love and miss you. God bless. You know, it just occurred to me as we're watching all of this that these guys could be watching us over our streaming video today. So let's give them a big shout out. <laughs> uh, you know, a few years ago, our five-year-old through fourth grade classes began bringing coins and dollar bills every week to help Mr. Jonathan share God's love with people in South America who don't have much money. Uh, at first, we called it Coins for Caracas because, of course, Jonathan was in Caracas, Venezuela. When he moved to Buenos Aires to work with the Cabachito congregation, we renamed it Caring for Cabachito. Well, now he and Pedro have uh, moved to a different part of the city to plan a new church, so I guess we need to have a, a, a Name That Change Drive contest to figure out a, a new name. Uh, as you can see, our children are bringing up the money that they have collected uh, faithfully uh, throughout the year 
Um, it's really neat to see all this happen. And I'm proud to announce that uh, they gave a grand total of $620.84 uh, this past year uh, so that Jonathan and now Pedro also can, can help out. Yeah, that's uh, it's a good thing. And to all of you children who gave during the year, and you guys, are we done with the picture? Okay, good. Oh, no, we're doing another picture. Do I have to smile too? <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Y'all, y'all can go ahead and go to your seats now. Um, to all of you guys who, who gave money in, in your change jars throughout the year, Mr. Jonathan and now also Mr. Pedro want to tell you how much they appreciate uh, your generosity uh, and, and sharing with the people of South America. Once again this year, the missions oversight team has decided to keep our giving goal the same as it was last year. To support all the mission works that you've heard about this morning, we need to raise $135,000. Now, you have been faithful to give this much over the past few years, and we pray that you will continue to walk in faith uh, and give to help take the gospel throughout the world. Please take uh, time this week to think and pray about how much you want to give to support this work. Now, most of you already have the Mission Sunday handout, uh, uh, the brochure that we gave at the door that summarizes the work that we want to support. If you don't have one yet, they will be available at the auditorium doors as you leave. Inside the brochure, you'll find a pledge card that looks something like this. Um, it's actually... Uh, we, we chose to use the coral color that Liz Middleton used in her wedding yesterday. So, uh, I actually, I didn't plan that, but I just thought about, oh my goodness, that's the same color. We're going to call it coral anyway. I, I was calling it peach earlier, but we're going to go with coral. Anyway, please fill that out and drop it in the collection plate next Sunday morning. You can give the entire amount of your offering all at once if you prefer. And I think we're going to see an example of that if Sophie Tyson decides to give some money. There, there's what that would look like. Or you can spread it out by giving some every week or by making monthly gifts. So here's an example of what that would look like for uh, one that uh, is given uh, every month. Um, if you want to give all of your missions offering at one time, we would ask that you please write a separate check for missions, as in this example here, and write Mission Sunday on the memo line. If you prefer to spread out your missions offering uh, with the checks that you give for your regular offering, please write just one check each time you contribute. Tell us on the memo line how much of that total should go for missions and how much should go for Know Your Bible. And remember, next Sunday we're going to pass the collection plate just one time. Uh, we're pretty good at this, so I think most of you know this. Please put your checks and your pledge cards into the offering plate if you don't mind. After several years of sending and supporting missionaries around the world, it's really exciting to see results from your financial support. It's our prayer that you will continue to support Mission Works uh, as well as you have in the past so that we can help our missionaries spread the good news of God to all of His creation. Thanks. Mr. Steve? Just a few words as we close. Let's turn to Acts chapter 11. If you have your Bibles with you. 
I'm going to read just a few verses about the church in Antioch. Acts chapter 11, beginning in verse 19, talks about the persecution in Jerusalem. And it says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So that tells us about the start of the Antioch church. And then over in chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, it tells us what the Antioch church was like after it was established. It says, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now the reason I read that is, first of all, to get us to thinking about what the church at Antioch was like. That must have been an amazing bunch. Uh, They were a planted church. Missionaries, persecuted missionaries uh, from Jerusalem came there and started the church. Uh, the, con- the congregation initially was made up of people who knew Peter and John and Stephen. Well, that's who they had come into the church with. Uh, there was one fellow there named Mannion who had been raised with Herod the Tetrarch. And at some point, fairly recently probably, he had been baptized and was now a Christian. Uh, and you look at the list of people who were there... Uh, they had some preachers and teachers in Antioch now. Uh, Saul and Barnabas and, and all these others. Uh, sometimes I think, what did they do with them? You know, I mean, surely Saul was the evangelism director, uh, you would think. And probably everybody wanted to be in his Wednesday night class, I would assume. Uh, Barnabas, I don't know, Barnabas probably was the hospital visitation guy. Uh, took care of that or was the ambassador's group or, or something. But they had some quality folks there. Uh, and in that church, the Holy Spirit said to them, all right, take Barnabas and Saul and send them off. I've got something else for them to do. Now, the reason I tell that story is to me, Antioch illustrates the difference between church building and kingdom building. Uh, they had an amazing church. They had an amazing staff. They had everything going pretty well probably there in Antioch. But they chose, because the Holy Spirit said to, to send some of their key people off. Uh, their focus was not on the inside. It was on the outside. Now, most Sundays around here, we talk about church building. Uh, That's what we do. We're the local church. We talk about how to build ourselves up and all that. Today we're talking about kingdom building. Uh, That's a different thing. Uh, Kingdom building has a different kind of vision. Uh, Think about it. The money that we've asked for today to support missions, we can do a lot of things here at Northside with it. Uh, the, the effort, the manpower that we put into mission, we could do a lot of neat programs here at Northside, but then we'd be church building, not kingdom building. We need to do both. Uh, just as there's a difference between church building and kingdom building, 
I think another difference I want to try to illustrate is the difference in our focus and our reason for giving. Uh, the MOT has asked for a certain amount of money. They've told you what they want to do with it. And you may have some good reasons for giving to that. But let me try to help us think outside the box just a little bit. Uh, many of you are old enough to know about the Iran hostage crisis. Some of you younger ones probably learned about it when you saw Argo, the, the recent movie. Uh, back in 79, actually it was late 79 through early 81, 52 Americans were held hostage by the Iranians. Uh, I was aware of that and uh, grew, was a young man then and watched it every night on Nightline to, to see how many more days it had been and what was going on and, and all of that. Uh, in the movie Argo, they tell a story about getting a few of the Americans out. Uh, they came up with a plan, the CIA did, uh, put a fake movie crew into Iran and pulled off this big scam and brought some of the embassy personnel out. Uh, in that movie, when the guys that dreamed it up tried to sell it to the, the bigwigs, they, they read it, they read this plan and they said, that's a horrible plan. And they said, yeah, but everything we thought of is worse. You know, this is the best worst plan we've got. And so they said, okay, go try it. Well, they did, and they got the embassy personnel out that they had gone after. Uh, I, I mentioned that crisis to tell you a story I read the other day. During the real crisis back in the 80s, a man named Greg Livingston, who was committed to missions, was asked by a large church on the East Coast uh, to give a little talk, and they called it a mission minute. And they did that periodically, had somebody uh, involved in missions come in and just speak for 60 seconds about missions. And Gene Livingston, Greg Livingston showed up uh, at that church, and he stood up and he said, I've just got two questions for you. First, how many of you are praying for the 52 American hostages held in Iran? 4,000 hands went up. He said, thank you. Put your hands down. Now, here's the second question. How many of you are praying for the 42 million Iranians being held hostage to Islam? Four hands went up. He looked around the audience for a while, and then he asked, what are you? Americans first and Christians second? I thought this was a Bible-believing church. And then he sat down. Uh, that rebuke that he gave that congregation kind of shocked them into action. Uh, they started a prayer ministry. They started praying for the lost in Iran. And I know there were many other things that happened in the 80s, but it's been estimated that more Iranians heard about Jesus in the 80s than had in the previous thousand years. I tell you that because you may think, as we talk about missions, that we're asking for 135000 to send to Robin and Roberto and Jonathan and Pedro and Pamela and take care of them. 
And that's okay. We know them. Most of them have been here. We love them. We want to support them and help them in their families. Uh, but it's not just about supporting the people that we know and love. It's really about the people who we've never met. We're actually trying to rescue a few of the millions who are held hostage to atheism and dead denominationalism, materialism, and all the damning philosophies of men that exist in this world. 135,000 isn't very much. It's not a very big plan, but it's the best plan we've got. Uh, If you realize the extent of the challenge, start thinking about the lost in in Scotland and Mexico and in uh, Buenos Aires and and all the places that we have people. If you understand the size of the opportunities to build the kingdom, then we ask you to give generously. Uh, We ask you to fill your pledge cards out and give sacrificially. Mission Oversight teams asked for 135000 I think it would be okay with the Holy Spirit if you gave more. I think they can find some challenges to use it on. So give generously, please. Uh, we are blessed here. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And now it's our ability, it's our responsibility. Uh, to carry that on to every land. And we've selected a number of good places to do that, and we've asked for your cooperation in that. I pray that you'll join in a greater measure than you have before to reach the lost. If you're here this morning and need to respond to the Lord's invitation in any way or need prayers of this church, we're going to stand and sing a song of invitation. Won't you come? Let's stand.